listen to the C to Z of movies on Colin the C. Uh, with me is Zijan the Z. Shortly before the clocks change, Zijan. Yeah, I never used to. I, I I never understood this whole clocks changing thing. Do they, do they not change in Malaysia? No, we are on the equator, so our you know the, our oh. days are exactly the same every single day. Every day is the same. It's a bit like lockdown. It <laughs> is, yeah, a, pretty much, yeah. But yeah, you know, we are on the equator, so the our sunrises and sunsets are all at the same time throughout the whole year. No four th- seasons, so yeah. Yeah, I would say it's probably something to do with harvest, but um, but that's yeah. the best I'm going to give you. Back when we were an agricultural nation, and probably it was probably important. Are we still an agricultural nation? Um, we're uh, well. I, I'm. I. I don't work in agriculture. I don't think. I don't think you do, unless you've recently changed careers. I'm sure we're yeah. good at apples. There are a lot of apples here. That's true. We're pretty great on apples. We've got lots of varieties of apples. Honestly, right? Like, ah, oh, apples are the most boring fruit out there. Really, <laughs> they really are. Listen, Zijan. Listen, your I mean, in fairness, the durian fruit is not boring. It's, it's definitely just, not boring, at least. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Apples are dull. Dull. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I love an apple. I'm a big fan of a royal gala apple. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about today, so we probably shouldn't um, spend no, too much we time just, on... You should no, spread us as long as possible, Colin. We want to go... Do some more on apples. Well, how do you feel about a Brayburn? <laughs> well, you're doing anything this time, right? I need to push it as much as possible. Yeah. That's what you I'm not, I'm not editing out this great Brayburn machine. I always find a Brayburn too tart myself. Right. Well, if you want to talk about apples, you've got to, you've got to give me some apple opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already giving you my opinion on apples. But just they're all boring. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Hence why no one wants to listen about them. Even a Granny Smith. Especially a Granny Smith. Wow. Uh, today we are talking about... Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League, to give us its official title, or, or the Snyder Cut, as most of us are calling it, um, the the return of the uh, of the Justice League, um, the the DCEU, but this time in all its four hour glory. Um, <laughs> Zijan, fresh from having last time watched the four hour cut of Dances with Wolves, <laughs> yep, is, uh, is straight back on the four hour film horse. I do like to torture myself. Uh, so we'll be doing that. We'll be talking about the Oscar nominations um, that came out in the last couple of weeks. Um, talk about the films of Kevin Costner if we've got time and much oh and quiz on the films of Ben Wheatley and much 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 more more uh, Zijan uh, we start with the news as we always do do you have any uh, do you have any movie related news so I assume you're doing Oscar nominations separate from the news I guess I was going to do that after the after the main block okay. of the news yeah, fair yeah. enough well since you mentioned the, the Zack Snyder Justice League um, and spoiler alert it's gotten really good reviews mm-hmm. and I think as uh as <laughs> because of that, <laughs> I think uh, Warner Brothers have announced so many things uh, <laughs> right. that are coming out in their slate. Um, I think I've missed all of this. Yeah, you probably have. What well, I, I I've got quite a few. So okay. Um, so the first thing is Warner Brothers confirmed that there is no A year cut of the Suicide Squad. I mean, there definitely is an A year cut. Is there? I thought the A year cut was the theatrical release. No, not at all. No, it was. Uh completely butchered i think he's been he's kind of come out on twitter and said yeah there's a cut but the, I don't, i'm not expecting them to release it so i guess i mean they've said they're not going to do it but there's de- there definitely is one mm. i think because they've got another suicide squad coming out is it this year next year yep um the trailer just came year. out recently as well yeah trailer kind of looks good looks really good uh yeah so why, why would you do the the air cut of of the film that we're all trying to forget trying to pretend never <laughs> happened yeah. No one wants to remember the Suicide Squad. Release the trank cut. That's what I say. Is this is this the new marketing strategy now? Like basically just release, release a rubbish film in the in five the, years later, uh, do a different cut of it. Exactly. Yeah. In the, um, 
we shall we'll, we'll come on to our very varying thoughts on Justice League, I guess, in the main bulk of it. But uh, I don't think I don't think it's a winning strategy. I don't think it's made <laughs> them lots of money. I, I mean, I think they would have preferred to have sold a, a billion pounds worth of tickets the first time round rather than having to spend an extra seventy million putting out a version on TV. Really, you think so? I think maybe. I mean, I'm not. A, <laughs> I'm not a, um, a film head honcho or anything, but uh, that's what I'd have done. I'd have, if I if I were a film company, I'd make good films the first time. That's what I'd do. Hmm. Well, more DC news. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, uh, who we spoke about in Active Factor uh, last time, hmm. is set to play Doctor Fate in Black oh, Adam. Uh, yes, uh, tell me, Zizan, who's Doctor Fate? What's going on? He is. Um, for some reason, all the comic books, you know. Um, all the comic books magicians have doctor in their names. Okay. So Doctor Fate is a magician. That's pretty much it. He and sounds like he has something to do with fate. <laughs> he has a helmet called the helmet of fate. He has nothing to do. I don't think he has anything to do with fate. He's that's no. just his name. Yeah. No, that's not his name. Name, but it's just. Uh, did he what win they call it? Him. Did he win it at a village fate? Is what we're saying. Uh, that's some, no, some no subtle wordplay for you, there, Zijin. Uh Yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> Black, Black is he, Adam is he, is he a goodie or a buddy? He's a goodie on, He's a goodie Yeah He's a goodie Okay Well Black Adam Is You know Played by Dwayne Johnson Is technically The The, the baddie for um, Shazam Right mm-hmm. um, And now they're making A film of him Because he's an Anti-hero of sorts Apparently So Yeah That's, that's that That's the first bit Of our DC news um, yeah. The second bit Of DC news Is that Helen Mirren uh, Will be playing um, Billy Batson's or Shazam's new nemesis, Hespera. Hespera, that, that's not, I don't know enough about my mythology, but that's a that's a goddess, isn't it, Hespera? In, in... Uh, yeah, apparently she's the daughter of the Greek god Atlas, and um, she's not in the comic books either. So, um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they they just created her for the film because I think the title of the film is something Fury of the Gods or Fury something of like the that. Gods. Yeah, right, so yeah. I'm not surprised that all the gods are coming back and I've mentioned to you to you before that the name Shazam each of the individual letters that form oh, the name Shazam are based off a different god yep yep, yep. so that's yeah, it feels like it was um, back derived but there you go um Helen Mirren play, this is not going to interest you Tijan, but I'm going to find it amusing uh, and um, that, that's all that counts really um, she played Prospera in an adaptation, adaptation of The Tempest so I'm going to say she's the first actor ever to play two characters whose name ends Spurrer right yeah that, that definitely didn't interest me at all whatsoever. no that was the reaction <laughs> I was expecting but um, some people will be interested by that I think <laughs> um, let us know if you're interested by that at CDZ Movies on Twitter this is why uh, we don't get any responses on Twitter, Colin. Um, <laughs> could be. More DC Hesper. news. Hesper. Uh, what, uh, DC news, yes, okay. Emerald Fennell, uh, the, one of the direct, best director nominees mm. in the Oscars this year, um, which we'll talk about later on, is mm-hmm. writing a Zatanna movie. Zatanna? Zatanna. Who's yes. Zatanna? Zatanna is also a magic user. Oh yeah! In the DC universe, um, she is a she. She is an expert in reverse magic. Reverse magic. Yeah, that, basically when she cut one thing. Basically when she wants to cast a spell, she just needs to speak the words backwards. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. All that's, right. That's what she does. Uh, does that translate well to film? Do you reckon? Well, I. <laughs> who knows? Uh, I want to see uh, her and uh, and Doctor Fate pairing off and. Saying palindrome, so they're both saying the same words all the time, but it does different things. Hmm. That's what I want. Um, what was the name of that the, the woman with the sword in Suicide Squad? Katana. 
Katana. I was not not Zatanna. No, Colin. Well. It's like you don't even watch films. <laughs> that's that's uh, fair. Uh, any more? Any more DC news? Yeah, one last one. <laughs> An Owl Man movie is in the works as well. Owl Man? No, not okay. Owl Man. No, Owl Man. All oh, right, because there is an Owl Man, isn't there? There's an Owl Man as in the uh, Watchmen, maybe. Yeah, in Watchmen, and also in it's one of those uh, multi-universe versions of Batman. So Owl Man is like. 60 minute man is that what it was saying? it says he is a 60 minute man exactly that what, okay. what do you think his powers are Colin um, I think he can go back in time one hour okay this. much like we're going to be doing tonight when the clocks change you see I've tied it all together here. it may have felt like a pointless intro but I knew I knew right oh, you've got to give me something buddy you've got to give me something um, am, I, am I right about his powers uh, no but oh, can he go an hour into the future but no but those are much better than his actual powers Okay. His actual powers are that he has a chemical, he can ingest a chemical that will give him, grant him super strength and endurance. Right. But. But only for one hour. Yeah. But it takes an hour of his life. <laughs> no, but just only for an hour, that's it. Okay. An hour a day, an hour a day, yeah. Fine. Okay, that could be fun. Um, I've got I've got more DC news, Dijan, that you've missed from your long list. Oh, there you go. And you keep complaining about not being any, not having any DC news. Um, Billy Crudup is out of the Flash movie um, he played Barry Allen's dad uncredited apparently uh, in the Justice League in fact both version of the Justice League movie um, Ron Livingston is in instead I mean so like the dad is never like a big uh, part <laughs> well I guess he helps Barry's narrative in the in the, in the movie and all that but I mean it's not going to be a big role anyway yeah, I mean, it's quite big in the in the TV series. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so who knows where they're going with this. But uh, And in fact, the same actor who played him in the TV series um, also played Flash in an earlier TV series and played Jay Garrick Flash uh, in that series as well. So he, yeah. got, he got, um, got the most out of him. Sony news. They're planning a new Bewitched movie. Um, I think almost certainly trying to cash in on that WandaVision success. Oh, for sure. 100%. Because like, mean, hey, you liked that episode of WandaVision. Maybe you want to see more of that. <laughs> there was one directed in, uh, by Nora Ephraim in 2005 um, mm. starring Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell and that didn't get as much good reviews as uh, it hoped. No, it was widely hated, I think. I, I've not seen it, but it, it was... It was quite meta because it was yeah. about... Uh, Nicole Kidman playing a character on a show called Bewitch, but she's an actual witch mm. uh, herself as well. So, um, so a little bit too tongue-in-cheek, I think. I don't think people understood or appreciated that. There's a lot going on. I think Nicole Kidman can do many things very well, but I don't think kind of Will Ferrell comedy. I don't know what it is. I've not seen it. But, uh, no, it's not really a slapstick comedy either. No? Okay. Um, it's just a very, it's a, it's a very odd genre I, I don't even know how to properly define it it's just weird she does the the nose wiggle very well though well that's what it's all about isn't it exactly so, uh, so I guess they're probably playing it a bit straighter this time just making a straight up um, remake well, I guess hmm. um, I've got Disney news which we missed um, while we talk about more a lot of the DC stuff but oh, yeah. uh, they've announced that things are being pushed back again which is quite uh... sad Hey, which is quite sad for our timetable and our, our spreadsheets. My poor, poor spreadsheet. You oh. should see. I mean, we, we've not got much planned coming up, but um, we're, between now and what May, June, we're probably going to we're going to be scraping the barrel pretty hard. Yeah, uh, please know that we are doing our best, guys. We really are. <laughs> we really are trying so hard. 
but they've announced that Cruella and Black Widow are now premiering on Disney Plus on May the 28th and July the 9th, respectively. Um, Black Widow was due May, I believe. And now it's being pushed yes. back two months yeah. uh, and it's taking up Shang-Chi's uh, time slot in the calendar, I believe. Yep. Um, and all of this comes with a wonderful, wonderful $30 paywall access. Because I, I'm intending to pay. For, I mean, I'm going to have to pay for Black Widow. I think Black Widow is also coming to cinemas as as well, unlike Cruella. Um, so I guess it depends how much they charge me for, for each one. I'd probably go to. I mean, if I'll, for Black Widow, I'd go to the cinema if I could. Um, it also, I imagine, costs less to go to the cinema than it would to get this. Oh, on. for sure, for sure. Thirty dollars is insane. It's um, not money. I think it's a bit cheaper over here for for me because Mulan. I I thought hadn't really worked for them but i guess if they're still doing this then maybe it did um it's interesting what they charge for and what they don't because luca is coming to, to disney plus on the 18th of june hmm. uh but like soul uh, christmas they're not charging extra for that so i guess um they must know they're doing shang chi back to the 3rd of september uh well i think they're just testing it right they're still in the midst of testing whether it's working or not um they started testing with mulan of all all things to test with um and yeah, it didn't go too well. So, because you're right, I think Mulan, I think wouldn't have done very well in cinemas in a normal year. Um, I'm, I, not, I don't know if that's true, but um, I, I don't, I didn't get the sense that people were kind of clamoring for that. Whereas Black Widow, you'd think that's going to make, I don't know, seven hundred million dollars. Yeah, at least yeah. Out. I think Captain Marvel was like nine hundred million when it came okay. out. Okay, so. so yeah, it's Black Widow. I think. Um, yeah, that's a lot of money they would expect to make. Uh, and I guess if they're doing the, the multiple reefs, um, we shall we shall see. It's in our it's in our spreadsheet. Yep. Well, uh, um, and speaking about more Disney stuff and more Marvel stuff, at least oh, yeah. um, Avatar has uh, <laughs> Avatar, which is neither Dis- uh, neither Marvel uh, or Disney. Uh, actually, it's Disney now. To be fair, uh, yeah, it's has, Disney now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, has taken over the box office crown again from Avengers Endgame. Because apparently in China, everything's hunky-dory. They can pop their cinemas all they like. I like us. And what they want to see is a re-release of Avatar. Because why not? Yeah, which is what James Cameron did. Uh, Sneaky. <laughs> I know. But the big winners, as always, is still Disney, who owns both Marvel and mm. 20th Century Studios, the former Fox home of Avatar. So, well done, Mouse. House of Mouse. Good for yeah. you. I was expecting them to re-release Avatar nearer to the Avatar sequel, but I guess why not? Chuck it out there. Well, they'll probably do it again, right? I'm sure they will. We'll be getting a 4D version or underwater version or something. Uh, more Pierce Brosnan news. This might be the first time we've ever had two lots what? of Pierce Brosnan news. <laughs> You're struggling to even get any Pierce Brosnan films the last time we did it. Yeah, well, here we go. We're gonna, we might be getting an R-rated cut of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. This is... What? what? This is insane, right? Why? I don't know, Zijan. I don't know. Why would anyone think that, you know, you know why it would be a good idea? You know that Mrs. Doubtfire film that was a family-friendly film about a father trying to get to know his kids while they're undergoing through a divorce? You know what would be better? maybe 25 years ago. Yeah, let's re-release that, but let's make it R-rated. Because I think... It, it sounds as if there was an R-rated version, they had to cut it down to make it family-friendly. But it's like... like I'd be surprised if they even filmed like I mean it's presumably there's no not loads of violence and stuff I guess swearing maybe uh, maybe sexual references but I think, why did you film that in the first place what what did you think was going to happen 
I suppose Robin Williams probably did a lot, had a lot of improvising through it, so maybe he improvised R-rated at times. Maybe. Although, like, now men impersonating women, um, some of the <laughs> jokes may not come off as well as That's they may true. have done in the 1990s. Uh, but, but who's asking for this? I, I'm so confused. <laughs> Clearly someone is. Maybe after watching Wonder Vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you like Mark from the Middle? What, what no, I can't, I can't connect this at all. I can't connect no, this. Um, well, the, the, I guess the, the only thing I connected to is Justice League. It was R-rated, probably. Uh, so maybe, maybe there should be a yeah. No, it's nuts. Anything else? Um, there are plans for a third Ace Ventura movie. Mm, saw that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, Jim Carrey, I assume, is coming back. Uh, I think Ace Ventura is a film series that gave uh, Jim Carrey his big big break. Yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, I don't think he's confirmed back, but uh, you're you're right. They wouldn't do it without him. I thought. Except, yeah. I wasn't there a third one, like Son of Ace or something. I have no idea. Son I of Ace. I know there's a Son of the Mask. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, from the writers of uh, of Sonic the Hedgehog, which was um, apparently not a bad film. I watched it, and it was fine. It's it's. Yeah, I try to. I think I heard so many people say, "Oh, it's so much better than I thought it was going to be." That I kind of got my expectations up too high. It's it skews even younger than I was expecting. I think I I, I knew it was kind of aimed at kids, but I think it's aimed at quite young kids. Well, you're yeah. really quite desperate, right? Are you, Colin? Well, because I I'd subscribed to now T- a, a seven day trial to Now TV, so I could watch. <laughs> of course you have. Of I was course like, you have. Right, I'm going to watch everything I can in this seven days. I watched a lot of films. Ah, um, uh, right. Uh, fine. I have nothing else in my... Oh, I got one last one. I'll go, um, go for it. Benedict Cumberbatch um, is going to star in a film called The War Magician. The War Magician? The War Magician. Just like Doctor Strange in Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's not content with playing just the Sorcerer Supreme in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. It's out to play one. Uh, it chronicles the story of real-life magician and illusionist Jasper, uh, who, along with a group of colleagues, became an integral part of a unit focus on action along the Swiss Canal in World War Two. The Swiss Canal? Yes. All right. It's, uh, yeah. It's a canal in Switzerland. Maybe. No, the, the Suez Canal. Oh, the Suez Canal. All right. Yeah. That's why I say it. Hey, man, I misheard you. Calm down. That was close enough. Uh, that's that's in the news at the moment, isn't the Suez Canal? That's where that big boat is stuck. Yes, that's where the news are. Yeah. Do you reckon? Uh, do you reckon that was already planned, or someone just some movie exec saw that? And like, I tell you, <laughs> I, what, know, I think that's what's a good idea. Yeah. Get, get all your Suez Canal film stories on the top of the pile. And who's the top magician we should hire? <laughs> exactly. That they've put, and indeed, he's he's got he's got um history for uh for World War Two, hasn't he? He played Alan Turing. Yeah, he did. Imitation game. It's like perfect for him, right? And he was. Wasn't he in... Oh, that's World War One, but he was in 1917, briefly, wasn't he? I think. Yes. Anyway. Uh, good for him. Well done, Benedict. Um, <laughs> can't can't see me watching that, but uh, never know. Now, Zizan, uh, the Oscar nominations are out. Mm-hmm. Um, they've extended the time period that uh, they normally cover. I don't know if next year they're going to shorten it on that basis. But anyway, um, we'll do what we, we normally do, um, which is go through the main main categories and say... No, I've not seen that a lot. Um, so, should we start with Best Picture? And the nominees are uh, The Father, uh, which is not yet out in this country. I think it isn't coming here till June or something. Um, what? That's really late, even for the Oscars. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but it looks really good from the trailer. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah, which also looks really good from the trailer. Mank, which I... Did we, did we do an episode on Mank? We have not done an episode of Mank, uh, but I know you've seen it. Right. Yes, I've seen it. I thought... Yeah. Um, which I was a little bit disappointed by, to be honest. Um, I thought Gary Oldman was very good, but um, uh, I think it... it it, it, I think it was one of my predictions for this year, wasn't it, that it was going to do very well? Yep. Uh, mainly because it's about Hollywood. And it, it seems to have lots and lots of kind of references that if you work in Hollywood, you'd be like, hey, yeah, I know that. Yeah, ha, ha, insane joke. Like, yeah. <sighs> um, so I think it might do better at awards than uh, with the general public. Uh, Minari, which I believe you've seen, Zijan? Yes, I've seen. And I'm quite, well, I'm quite surprised to see how many nominations it got. Hmm. Um, especially since um, it was nominated for best foreign language film in the Golden Globes as well, much to um, uh, the dismay of a lot of people, <laughs> given that it's set in America and all that. Um, but yeah, right. uh, yeah, yeah, it's the, the Korean immigration uh, immigrant family. Um, and yeah, I like it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I remember you've been a, a fan of not seeing that one. Um, is that on Netflix or something? No, mm-hmm. it's on Netflix. Okay. Uh, Nomadland, which is coming to, um, to Disney Plus, we'll be doing an episode on that uh, in a uh, May, I think, mm-hmm. uh, which seems to be having a lot of the, the buzz around it in Nomadland. Um, uh, Promising Young Woman, which is coming to the UK on the 16th of April, will be probably, I think we'll be doing an episode on that as well, which um, my, um, my, from what I've read is getting some, obviously it's been nominated here, but it seems to be getting very good reviews as well. Uh, and the, again, that was one that was postponed, but the um, I was quite excited about that one because from the, just from the trailer, it looked really good. And Kerry Mulligan's always great. Hmm. Uh, Sound of Metal, which I don't really know much about. That's a Riz Ahmed film, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I always seen, I've seen so many pictures of him um, just playing the drums, uh, topless. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing I can yeah. know about the film. With blonde hair, I think. Yeah, with blonde hair. Yeah. yeah. He's great, though. So, I mean, he was so good in Nightcrawler. Oh, he's superb there. Uh, and we have The Trial of the Chicago 7, which uh, you've seen, Zijan. And, and I've so seen have it. you. The, the only one we've both seen. And we've done uh, an episode on that as well. We have. Um, I think it's more like to get a screenplay than it is the best picture, but um, yeah, really good. Really good stuff. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the ones I haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, best actor, we've got Riz Ahmed, uh, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chadwick Boseman from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which um, I will talk about in To See or Not to Zed. Okay. Uh, that's on Netflix. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, the father. He's been a long time since he won an Oscar, but um, again, I don't. I think it's probably unlikely. Um, Gary Oldman from Mank, I thought was really good, and Stephen Yun, uh, who I seem to remember you being a fan of when in his Minari turn. <laughs> he is really good. Uh, he played it very well. So good. I so, think he'll be the first Asian American to be nominated for uh, Best Actor as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, great. And I think Riz Ahmed is the first Muslim to be nominated for Best Actor. Wasn't Ma- isn't Mahershala Ali Muslim? Has he got best actor or just best supporting actor? Uh, yeah, both are best supporting, right? Green yeah. Book and yeah. Uh, Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight. yeah that's yeah. true. Um, I shouldn't say just best supporting. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, nice try, Mahershala. Come back when you're the leader. Eh? Um, uh, I do, I wonder whether they'll go for Chad Boseman. Um, on, kind of it, almost um, a sentimental thing, but um, but I say it's not really fair because I've not seen three of them. But. Mm. Uh, best actress, Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, playing Ma Rainey. Uh, Andra Day from the United States versus Billy Holiday. I'm assuming she's playing Billy Holiday in that. I don't know I've much not about. heard of that film. Uh, I've seen, I think I've seen a trailer, but yeah, I don't know much about that. Uh, Vanessa Kirby from Pieces of a Woman, which I hadn't heard of at all, but she, she after she got nominated, I looked up. It's on Netflix. 
Vanessa Kirby is from The Crown, which uh, she played Princess mm. Margaret there. Um, and she was and really good there. Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I saw the trailer. It seems very uh, traumatic kind of film. Um, Frances McDormand could be winning her third, third? Oscar. Yeah. Yep. From um, for Nomadland and Kerry Mulligan again um, a lot of buzz uh, I, again I don't really know who's the favourite Francis McDormand maybe um, could be the favourite I don't I don't know who um, did she win the Golden Globe um, so Rosamund Pike won it for actually maybe Andrew Day won it Andrew Day won the Golden Globe didn't she huh. um, for best for, for drama Rosamund Pike won it for comedy uh, so maybe Andrew Day's favourite I don't I don't really know much about that film hmm. Um, supporting actor this is an interesting one Sasha Baron Cohen for Trial of Chicago 7 I think he was great but um, there's so many good actors in that film if I do as you know Susan do a film awards on my blog or I used to um, and I uh, I put the the guy who played the judge whose name now escapes me and does he Mingala? Frank nope. Mingala. Frank Langella yeah friend one Jenner. of those um I, I had him as the as my as my best supporting actor. I think Sasha Baron Cohen, if he'd done a better accent, I would have given it to him. But he was great apart from the accent, which was horrific. Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, mm. um, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. I don't know anything about. That. I've never heard of that film, to be honest. Um, I know Leslie Odom Jr. Though he played, yeah, uh, yeah. he was in Hamilton. He was, wasn't he? And uh, was he in Murder in the Orient Express? I think I've seen him in a couple of things. But, mm. uh, yeah, but I don't know that film at all. Um, Paul Ra- R- Racy Rachi uh, for The Sound of Metal and another from the Judas and the Black Messiah Lakeith Stanfield uh, who is very good I don't, don't know if he's good in that but generally very good don't know who's <laughs> I have no idea the problem is not having seen them I've, I've not it's looked up the odds it's quite difficult yeah Yeah. sometimes I look up the odds but um, I haven't done this year uh, supporting actress we've got Maria Bakalova from Borat 2 um, who I think is there as a joke um, that's harsh I've not seen it but she's not going to win is she uh, Glenn Close could this be her year oh she's in the same category as Olivia Coleman again mm, yes after their uh, after their match because Glenn Close was, was widely expected to win um, that year wasn't she and she won most things but not the Oscar no uh, anyway, for Hillbilly Elegy which apparently isn't very good from the reviews I've seen mm. uh, it's on Netflix I've not watched it yet um, Olivia Coleman for The Father Amanda Seyfried uh, from Mank and Yu Jong Yoon from Minari yep she played the mother-in-law the grandmother in um, was she good? yeah she was excellent uh, and again I've no real clue who the favourite is for this one so I th- there's something about someone who's already won one that I think makes them slightly less likely to give it to Olivia Coleman um, especially since it was very recent yeah yeah, I mean, you never know. Obviously, Mahashali, as you mentioned, won twice in three years, didn't he? But um, kind of, I feel that they want to give Glenn Close an Oscar, but do they want to give it to her for this? Ah, <laughs> uh, it seems it seems one of those ones. I've I've not seen it, but just based on on having seen some reviews, I think of all the great work Glenn Close has done over the years, to say, oh yeah, she got the Oscar for Hillbilly Allergy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's on Netflix, so I might check it out. Hmm. Um, best director, we've got Thomas Vinterberg for another round, which I've never heard of. Nope. Uh, David Fincher from Mank, uh, Lee Isaac Chong for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and uh, as you mentioned before, Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Uh, Chloe Zhao is a favourite, right, surely? I think Chloe Zhao's uh, very likely to get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, outside chance for David Fincher, maybe? But, um hmm. So and yes, uh, so was that's two women in the best director shortlist for the Which first time ever. F- I think. Yeah, it's insane, yeah. right? Like you think about yeah. it. 
And there have only been five women nominated for Best Director That's ever. Mad. It's mad, it's, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm really looking forward to No So the trailer looks good. Um, and we will see when we see. Um, I mean, it's one of those things, I think because there were so few films last year, that it's basically any film that was good is in this list. Um, and every film appears several times. I mean, apart from, I say things like Another Round or One Night in Miami, which I've, I've never heard of. Hmm. Uh, I don't know whether they, I mean, in fairness, they could be great, but it does feel a bit like there maybe the seven or eight really good films and then just like trying to desperately scramble together some more nominations from anywhere they could find them. Um, we shall see. Um, but yeah, I mean, waiting until June or something to watch The Father, that does seem very odd. But, uh, so it's way too late. I mean, like, I know we get films quite late in the UK as it is, but still. Because we always used to get, um, or I'm sure we will back when things normal again, we get the, the, the kind of the oscar films in February. Yep, exactly. So January and February. Um, I mean, which kind of makes sense to do them after the Oscars because there's that Oscar bump, isn't there? People are mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. I'm just looking at the um, Judas and the Black Messiah. UK release date is March the 11th. Wait a minute, that's happened, isn't it? Is this available to watch already? What? It's available to rent on BFI Player. What? What's BFI Player? I have no idea, Colin. Uh, so apparently we're all, we can already watch this thing. What? Well, now we know. I look forward to it. Um, maybe we can do an episode on it. <laughs> Uh, we move on to to see or not to Z. We talk about the films we have recently seen and whether you should see them or not. Z them, and I have seen I've seen so many films this year. Zizia. I know you have, Colin. I know, I know. There's nothing else to do. I think I've watched sixty seven films so far this year. What? I'm keeping a, I'm keeping a list of them all on uh, Twitter, which is how I'm aware. That's a lot of films. It's too many, isn't it? That's way too many films. Yeah, definitely <laughs> too way too many. Um. Anyway. Uh, before I talk about the ones I've seen, do you want to hit me with what you've seen, Zijan? Yeah, uh, I haven't seen that many films, clearly. Yeah, these went on the last two weeks, just to be clear. <laughs> but I, I've seen, um, I recently saw the documentary uh, on Netflix, the Operation Varsity Blues, the All right. College oh, yes. Admission Scandal. Yeah, weird title. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, uh, for those who don't know, in 2019, um, a lot of... Um, a lot of rich people were caught uh, in a scam. You're doing the, you're doing the kind of slow talking that suggests that you're trying to avoid being done for uh, uh, libel here, Ian. It's on libel. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you, do you want to name some names? Uh, well, the famous ones are obviously the actresses Felicity Huffman and Laurie Lawlin. Mm. Yeah. So they're in a scam to sneak the kids into top US universities. Um, the American system, the education system that we are not privy to, me and Colin, um, it's very competitive. <laughs> it's very, very competitive. Like from yep. all the US TV shows that I've seen, <laughs> I can, I'm quite aware of how competitive it is to get into them. I mean, most, most kids, and it costs a bomb as well. They're so mm. expensive. Places are limited. The people will hire you if you, um, if you're good at one spot so that you can represent the university. So a good way of getting in is basically to excel in, a spot, for example, and that is basically how they got their kids in because the mastermind behind the scam are basically, um, you know, spoke mm. to the people um, recruiting students um, and convinced them for and for and bribed them with some money to um, 
introduce the kids as potential players in their rowboat team, for example. Yeah. The row, the row, the rowboat team. The rowing team, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or potential uh, volleyball. Yeah, no, I, I, prefer, I prefer rowboat teams. Yeah, <laughs> rowboat team. <laughs> or a potential uh, volleyball team players oh, right. because okay. uh, they, he always targets the more obscure sports because okay, scholarships uh, and all that. Yeah, to get scholarships. Uh, they don't get scholarships, but just to get admittance, right? Cause, um, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. because uh, what, what happens is that the coach can recommend to the hiring committee saying that, okay, we need this guy, this person is really good, um, and they can represent our university and give us a good name. Because so, uh, US universities really go in for their college sports, don't they? Which, they don't. Um, in the UK, we don't really, apart from the boat race, I suppose, but uh, which is only Oxford and Cambridge. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you ever followed your university sports teams, Zijan. No, I went to I went to a water polo match once just because a, a because friend of mine was on the team. Oh, nice! And uh, it was Warwick versus Oxford, and I think we won. Huh. I I struggled to follow everything that was happening. If I'm honest, I'm not really a water. <laughs> fan, but, um, just just people throwing balls in goals, so yeah, just basically. like football. It's a bit like football, but with more throwing and more water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. I mean, uh, th- this is one of those films that will make you very angry because uh, it's basically rich people trying to work the system to get ben- benefit their kids. Um, and I think a lot of the, the issue and that the caused a lot of the uproar as well is that one of the kids, uh, Laurie Laughlin's daughter actually is a famous YouTuber. She posted on YouTube about oh how she doesn't care about university, uh, yeah. you know, how she doesn't care about it. And then there's so many kids who are getting rejected. From yeah, the yeah. same university, I, it's very upsetting. It's very Christy Huffman went to um, went to prison, didn't she? Yeah, I think they all went to prison. Like at the end of the film, um, they've listed all the names of those who were caught, and most were sent to prison. But honestly, they're just there for like the most is six months. It, you had the, uh, the the American justice system probably not much better for the. Uh, no, you, uh, you f- for masses than the uh, the British than the US um, college system. Yeah, you don't really feel a lot of sympathy for it. Um, yeah, I think one thing that I found very weird about this film is that as well is that um they got actors to reenact the scenes. Oh really? Um, yeah, so it's a bit bizarre. I don't know. I, I don't think I don't know whether it's a good idea or not. Like they say, it's basically they pre-recorded the conversations, so they basically got actors to act out and speak the conversations. But it's a little bit off-putting, I think. I yeah, that is weird. Mm. Okay, worth a watch. I think it's very interesting, but you'll get very angry at the end of it. So okay. Um. So of the many films I've been watching, uh, two of them. One of them is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, um, which is on Netflix. It's a it's a brisk ninety two minutes, I think, um, maybe a little more. Uh, Viola Davis uh, and uh, Chadwick Boseman, as mentioned. So Viola Davis plays Ma Rainey. Uh, she's uh, a singer. He's gone to go to record studio to record uh, an album of her songs, and Chadwick Boseman is part of the the backing group for this. Uh, it's based on a play written by. Uh, August Wilson, I think, uh, who also wrote Fences, uh, and yeah, they are both really good. I, 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 very deservingly um, nominated. I think Chadwick Boseman is 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 phenomenal, really, just bringing uh, so much uh, so much to the role. Uh, he's playing a trumpeter, and he's kind of has these these arguments with the rest of the band, saying he wants to do things his way, and, oh. and she's kind of in this power struggle thing as well, where she's Every time they don't do what she wants, she threatens to leave and to take her mind, take her songs elsewhere. And all this. Yeah. Um, my only criticism, I guess, would be um, it feels very much like a play. So everything happens in one of two rooms, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's a bit where Ch- so Chad Boseman is this kind of really fun-loving guy, and quite. I mean, he, he picks arguments and stuff, but um, but it just 
kind of rat-a-tat dialogue stuff and he's got these bright yellow shoes and all the stuff about that and then he suddenly goes into this monologue about how his mum was raped and how he had this really tough upbringing uh which feels quite out of place and i, I didn't know it was a play in, but then kind of halfway through that i thought this feels very much like a play where you just stop and do this uh this long speech about your your life mm. um so i think probably less so than fences um it doesn't really make the transition to to film as well as that did i think mm-hmm. uh but yeah performances are great as i zips along it's, it's a quite pacey uh 90 minutes or so uh definitely definitely worth a watch definitely worth seeking out on, on netflix i think you'll have a great time um and i also watched a film called buffaloed um buffaloed buffaloed yep as in um the past participle of buffalo Oh yeah, of course. Which work, yeah. Um, which was on Now TV when I was using up my seven days uh, <laughs> trial, um, oh. and it was uh, starred Zoe Deutsch, um, who you will know from Zombieland uh, Two, Zombieland Two, and from Set It Up, which I think you've seen. Have you seen Set It Up? No. No, oh, I thought you had. Which is Set It Up? That's the the rom com Lucy Liu, um, Tay Diggs. Oh no, I definitely didn't see that. Uh, you should. I also watched that this week, actually. Um, uh, it was it kind of took Netflix by storm a couple years ago. Anyway, she um, uh, she plays this girl who, who discovers that you can make money from uh, debt collecting, and so she sets up. A, she she starts working for a debt collector uh, as played by Joy Courtney, and then she sets up her own debt collecting agency. Um, and she is phenomenal. I mean, she's just. I think Zoe Deutsch is going to be uh, is going to be a huge star. I think I'm a little bit behind the curve on this because. People were already knew she was going to be a star from Set It Up, which I, which I hadn't watched until recently. But she's yeah, she's just so um, larger than life. Really great actor. Um, the, the, I think it's fair to say that the the film itself is a little uneven. I had, a, I had a great time. I think people should watch it, but it's um it's not perfect, and then it gets a little bit tied up in knots by the third act. Uh, but yeah, no, I was just really impressed with her, and I think she is going places. So there you go. Last time we had three films that we didn't like. Um, this time we've got three films we did like, I think. Uh, at least you didn't end this with a downer. I didn't end it on a downer this time, no. Let's bring it up to Justice League Snyder Cut, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, which we watched. Actually, <sighs> why, why do we watch this, CJ? Is it because I made you? Yeah, so I, like, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting much from this film. I mean, we've mm. spoken about a lot about this Snyder Cut. So many mm-hmm. times in the news bit. I mean, we didn't particularly like Joss Whedon's version of... Um, Justice League, but we particularly did not like Zack Snyder's version of Batman vs Superman. Yes, um, yeah. which was probably why I was definitely not looking forward to watching this, and especially after four hours of Dances with Wolves. Yes, um, yeah. which, the, the, in fact, was your own fault for watching the four-hour version. <laughs> I didn't know better. And the, the, the very thought of watching another four-hour film yes. of a film that we've seen before, seen before, yes, by a director that we do not particularly like that much true it's yeah. not really very appealing and and yet CJ, and yet you, you did it but uh, I, I did this i did it and i did it and i enjoyed it did you i, I did so like it do you want to explain to to, our, to any listeners who don't know what's going on what why there is a Zack snyder cut what's going on so so um there was a the background of this whole thing was that back when uh, Justice League came out, uh, Zack Snyder had a personal emergency uh, in her fa- with his family, and what happened was that Joss Whedon came back and had to basically make his film for him. 
um, which is not yeah. the easiest thing to do because Zack Snyder is a very specific kind of director. He's very visual. He's very his style is very distinct. Hmm. Um, and Joss Whedon's style is also very distinct and very different from Zack Snyder's style as well. Um, well, so it's, what, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, you, you, you're right. He did have a family bereavement, obviously. But um, I, th- I think this would have happened either way. I think Batman v Superman had not gone down well with the masses, all the, the critics and the fans. Well, the, well, that's not quite true. There are a very hardcore group of fans who absolutely adore it, but with the, with the general viewing public, it didn't. And I think DC wanted to course correct anyway. Yep. So I think just we we've, we did an episode, I'm sure, on Justice League um, back when it first came out. But uh, I. I think Joss Whedon is getting a lot of flack, particularly this last couple of weeks when people have seen this. But I think uh, it's particularly unfair for this film, though. I, I, uh, I, I do agree. It's you know it's a new thing now to 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 uh, be mean to Joss Whedon. Yeah. Um, I think it is really unfair. I mean, Zack Snyder's cut, his original film was you know the one that we watched is four hours yeah. long. Warner Brothers want to make a two-hour film from a four-hour film. And they wanted to make it like the Avengers, didn't they? They're like, we, we don't want this dark, brooding tone anymore. We want we want happier characters. We want funnier stories. And, and Joss Whedon, as you say, he had a he had a film. He had to reshoot, recobble it together, do do new stuff. The, the Justice League we got in 2016, 2017, whatever it was, is absolutely not the film that Joss Whedon would have made if he just had free reign from the start. Uh, I don't think so. Like we've seen the Avengers, we know what Joss Whedon can mm. do. Uh, with a group of superheroes, um, absolutely, and to this day, I think still the best superhero film, um, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and, and leaving aside whatever Joss Whedon's done in his personal life, in my view, I think you're, you're right. It's it's really unfair the amount of criticism he's getting as a filmmaker. Yeah, I think so days. too. Uh, like, okay, after watching this film, Colin, probably first thing I'm ask, can you cut this four-hour film into two hours at all? Do you think? Um, I know there are a lot of extraneous stuff and we can get to that as well. But you, Yeah, um, I think you can easily cut it to maybe two hours 45. Oh. I think um, it go, only go up to three hours. That's the, um, for me, I can only one hour can be cut from it. It's, it's almost nigh impossible to cut, make it into a two hour film without sacrificing something. And that's what happened in Joss Whedon's original cut. Yeah, I mean, two hours just seems a really odd target to go for. I think, Personally, I think two for two forty five you could do maybe even two and a half, but but yeah, not 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 two. So you, you say you liked it, you had a good time with it. Uh, I didn't like it. Um, I liked it more than uh, Batman v Superman. Um, but I'm not sure I even liked it more than the Joss Whedon version. And uh, oh. I I know that might make me almost unique. Uh, but the, the the just I've only seen it once since the cinema. But I came out of the Justice League in the cinema. Thing that was, I had a great fun time. I think because it was because I hated Batman v Superman, <laughs> um, because it it moved away from that. And I think yeah, there's stuff in this film I really enjoyed. It's a mess and it's two films bolted together and it, it doesn't work brilliantly. But I had a fun time. Whereas this, I just I can I, it, it's much more coherent as a film. It is Zack Snyder's vision. I just don't like Zack Snyder's vision. I guess <laughs> um, it's definitely not as bad as Batman vs Superman. I've not seen the extended cut of Batman vs Superman. Apparently, that's better. <laughs> that's have, the, the, it's it's marginally better in that it makes more sense, but it's yeah. not good. The problem I have with uh, Batman vs Superman is a uh, plot holes, logic, mm. uh, a lot of things. Those things I do not like at all. Just the Justice League that came out that I've seen 
it's just a straightforward superhero film. It's long, but it's a superhero film. You know, they introduce new characters, new superheroes that, to be fair though, everyone knows about them now. Um, it's been <laughs> well, indeed, yeah. Every single twist has already been for been online, hasn't it, more or mm. less? Um, let's let's go straight into spoilers because it's a film everyone's already seen once anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> to me, the biggest surprise of this film is yeah. how similar it was to the the Joss Whedon cut in terms of story. Once you got beyond maybe the first hour and a half, because it. At first, I was thinking this is completely different to the version because you've got so much background, like so much more um, of the the old Amazons and all the uh, yeah, kind of the what's his name? What's big, his name? What's the big guy? The big, the spiky guy. Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Thank you. Uh, you, you saw more of him, but um, I I heard things saying, "Oh, yeah, this film Steppenwolf is going to be the first half, and then it's going to be a dark side battle." Or, uh, there's going to be the, you're going to go, go through to the future and you're going to see the Justice League in the desert and after everything's collapsed and all that stuff and you just didn't it was the same story with like obviously you got more bits in it because it's four hours but uh, I, that surprised me maybe that's what you're expecting hmm. well like I, I did appreciate all the background that is coming from uh, <laughs> in this film this is the thing you see like it's very hard to comment on this film and I'm going to say why is because okay. Zack Snyder has a lot of leeway in this film you know he can do whatever he wants to with this film it's a four mm-hmm. hour film he can add whatever he wants to this film you know mm. and you can't really fault him for a lot of fan service that he throws into this film because he can do that um, of course there's so many extra stuff that I really do not care about especially Man- Martian Manhunter oh my god Oh, that's shall we, let, shall we talk Martian Manhunter because that was the weird, that was the worst bit. I that think. was the worst bit. Well, um, was it the worst? It was suddenly up there was the worst. No, it, it was definitely the worst uh, for me for sure. Um, the things that I dislike the most is Martian Manhunter uh, introduction to this. Um, uh, that's the thing. So in in this there was a scene yes. where uh, Martha Lane. Um, yeah, is it Martha Lane? No, it's not Martha Lane. Martha Kent. Martha Kent, yeah. Martha Kent um, went to see Lois um, and tried to spur her on, you know, move on after Clark's death, after Superman's death, etc. And it was quite a, a decent scene. Um, and it totally undercut the entire emotion when we discovered that Martha Kent was actually Martian Manhunter. Martha, Martha Manhunter, as some people are calling her. Um Yes, yeah, so so Martian Manhunter is, is a Martian uh, who can take on the form of whatever he likes, basically. So he's, there's an army general that he has been playing. But yeah, you're right. They have this scene. It's quite a moving scene. It's, I think, probably better than the Joss Whedon version of that scene, which is completely reshot. Um, and then, yeah, Martha leaves, transforms into Martian Manhunter. And like, why did you pretend to be Martha? What yep. what purpose did that serve in that, any way? Yeah, that, that did nothing. That did nothing to the story. You know, it, it ruined... <laughs> like... You could have just done it easily with Martha. I mean, it makes sense, right? It really makes sense that she will come and take care of Lois. Like, yeah. that that I, makes logical sense. I don't get... I, you see, it's a lot of this is just fan service, really. I'm pretty certain it, it is. That felt like a reshoot. That felt like he added it in later. Um, as you say, it undercuts the emotion of it. It really well. does. It really does. Um, and then right at the end of the film, which is definitely a reshoot, I think, because Ben Affleck looks nothing like he did for the rest of the film. Yeah. You have Bruce Wayne meeting Martian Manhunter. <laughs> And him saying, "Hey, yeah, I'm Martian Manhunter," and Bruce Wayne just doesn't care at all. <laughs> He's like, "All right, cool," and then he flies off. Yeah. And I think, well, you can't put him at the end as a kind of look. It's a Martian Manhunter. You already put him halfway through the film. I have seen some claims online that um saying that Martian Manhunter was always Martha, 
Oh, uh, that's which, worse. which I don't think is true. I hope that's, it's not true. That's the one worse. No, I, I rather not. Someone should tell Kevin Costner. Yeah, but um, it, it, but I, I do agree this extraneous as well. I, it comes back to the fact that it's very hard to criticize a film. I, I know that he's doing this for the fan service, yeah. you know. Um, and he has a lot of leeway to do it. I mean, if I'm giving four hours, I must just throw everything to it, you know. <laughs> and and especially as this, he's not going to. I mean, there's, I know there's this whole restore the Snyderverse, but they're not going to. He's not. This is not coming back. This is not canon either. Warner Brothers is not no. called considering this canon either. So, um, there, it's just why I, I like this film is that it's just a good story about superheroes fighting fighting a bad guy, you know. And there's a lot of room to breathe, you know. So I let's talk about the let's talk about the bad guy then. So yeah. Stephen Wolf, um, people think he looks a lot better in this one than he did in Joss Whedon's, um, which is probably true. It looks it looked very cheap in the in the in the Whedon cut, um, because it's very rushed, I guess. Uh, but he's a rubbish villain, terrible villain. He wants to come to Earth just to turn it into a big fire planet for no real reason. Yeah, and they've got some fun bits where he's like, he's trying to prove himself to to Dark Side, and that was kind of nice motivation ish. But you look at the Marvel villain, and Marvel we've always said have had a villain problem, but their villains are better than this. <laughs> Yeah, Some just big hulking guy who wants to destroy the earth. Yeah, that, 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 that's definitely true. But I always thought that Justice League film wasn't about the villain anyway. It was about them coming together, right? The superheroes coming together. Okay, so let's talk about that. So, so Batman is going around the world finding all these people that he got his email attachment about and yep. uniting them as uh, as the Justice. <laughs> well, he, he he saw the videos, didn't he? <laughs> Batman <Indeed>. versus Superman. <laughs> he, he saw the little the little video clips. <laughs> The, the one thing for me that really works in this film much better than in the Joss Whedon cut, and this has been talked about a lot, is, is Cyborg, um, that's played by Ray Fisher, mm. who in the Whedon cut gets almost nothing to do and, and fell out significantly with Joss Whedon and with the entire DC hierarchy. Uh, he gets He's almost the lead character in this film. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. yeah there's a lot of backstory for, for him, and then he has a lot more to do in the end as well, as well as The Flash. I remember yeah. in the Josh Whedon's cut, the Flash was just going around saving people, um, which was bizarre. Oh yeah, I, I forgot as well. You're set in Eastern Europe somewhere. Yes. <laughs> That's what Josh yeah, Whedon yeah. liked to do. Uh, and there's some random Russian family. I remember that as well. Which uh, people didn't. Li- I I liked that. I liked the fact that it gave you some stakes, and I, and I really liked the scene in Josh Whedon's cut where where Flash saves this like the truck, and then Superman just saved a whole building, <laughs> which is not physically possible to be honest. That's not physics. Yeah, also, also people can't fly as easy. Uh, that, that's okay. You can accept some things, but not others. Um, apparently, there is something in the comic books where um, they hit one of their powers is the ability to hold things together or something. It was some, <laughs> someone trying to address that point. But yeah. Uh, so I liked that in, in the Joss Whedon Cup, but we don't get that. But, but there is also more Flash in this. Yeah. Let's, before we jump on the Flash, let's talk about Cyborg a little more. Yeah. So I think. Um, let's not the, do a Joss Whedon to Cyborg. Yeah, there the, were. You, uh, yeah. And there's a lot more heart to it. You kind of see his relationship with his father. You see um, the, when they go and confront uh, Stephen Wolf in a big building, mm. um, his dad is is being kept hostage. So you get the kind of the personal stakes there. You get some fairly weird dream sequencey type things where he's making money bigger and watching bulls and bears fight each other. Uh, yep, that's yeah. true. And he was creepily stalking this random woman. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> which is very creepy by the way also like, he very cleverly hid the mother box in his own grave I think or somewhere but he at least he has a lot more to do compared to the Joss Whedon's version in Joss Whedon's version if I'm not mistaken he just comes in 
and mm. that's it. Looks grumpy. And yeah, then, uh, looks grumpy, yeah. and that's it. He didn't do anything in the final battle of any importance, no, whatsoever. No. Um, yeah, like there is a huge difference between his um, his appearance here and, and appearance in the yeah, previous film. And the suspicion. I mean, as I say we know they fell out, and and whether they fell out because. Joss Whedon left him out, or whether Joss Whedon left him out because they fell out, who mm. knows? Um, I think we're going to discover more about that, I imagine, as time goes on. Uh, so, uh, back to the Flash, then. Uh, so he, I think, a lot of the criticism about the Flash from the Joss Whedon cut is still here. So he's, I found him a little bit more annoying in this one. Um, uh, although I, at least he didn't talk about brunch quite so much. Um, he still runs really weird. <laughs> Oh, Colin. Sorry, Ezra. Who, yeah. Who, yeah, not a great guy. Anyway, um, we got we got Iris uh, West. Yep, introduced, uh, which is completely unnecessary. Uh, mm-hmm. I can see why Josh didn't decide to cut it. But we get to see Iris West. Uh, I, I didn't find Barry as annoying as you found him. I mean, I, I, he's always going to be this young... <laughs> young, young superhero, right? Who's always impressed with everything. It's um, I didn't find him annoying in the Whedon one particularly. I didn't find that annoying in this. I just think that was one of the criticisms that was leveled at him. Yeah. And I think that wasn't that wasn't a Whedon thing. That was a uh, no, that's just, Ezra Miller thing, I guess. But. Yeah, that's just uh, the Flash, really. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, he, he's always like this in the, the cartoon series as well. He's always just mm. a fast talker, just being cheeky, like the like the Spider-Man, like the... the yeah, okay. Um, of, of the film. Yeah. Um, uh, so Iris West will be back in uh, Flashpoint. Flash yep. yep, so we haven't lost her, which is nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought, as you say, completely unnecessary to the film. But it, was, it was a nice little scene, but yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely mad that they, they wanted to put that in. It feels very much like a kind of Age of Ultron that set up the next film in the middle of this film yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, um, uh, for a four-hour film, there was pretty much zero character development for Batman. Do you, do you disagree? No, no, I, I do agree uh, with mm. that. Uh, Batman was pretty much the same as he was before. I think he did his development in Batman with the Superman. But <laughs> he's did, did he though? Did well, he? he's, def- he's definitely different than the Batman in Batman with the Superman though. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he no longer wants to kill Superman so much, yep. I suppose. Um, he's all about bringing him back to life now. But I just, I can see why Affleck was annoyed. But I, I, I liked in the Whedon cut the, the kind of the hints at a Wonder Woman, Batman um, kind of romantic uh, feelings. Kind of oh, I forgot there. all about that. I liked that. Uh, I know you do. Of course you, you do. do. Of course I do. Of course I do. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah, it's, I can no, live without that. That's fine. Fair enough. Yeah. And that cool scene where uh, he was like, hey, Steve Trevor's dead. <laughs> and she got mad at him. That's gone. That was, actually, uh, that was kind of odd. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I missed that. I thought that would have been nice to have. Um, I like the bit with so in that building where Flash was in the in the Whedon cut we've got this bit where Batman tells Flash just save one person I thought that was good uh, that's gone I think I think Whedon gave the Flash a lot of what um, Zack Snyder gave to Cyborg in terms of character yeah that that's that's probably true um, which kind of makes sense as well with the general arc of this whole Just Whedon Ray Fisher story mm. as well um, yeah. Uh, what was good about this one was, uh, for, for me at least, was the um, you got a bit more hint at Flash time travel, mm. well, more than just a hint. Which so. he did. No, he actually did time travel mm, twice, mm. which is very well, cool. Very cool. Yeah, <laughs> nice to see setting up Flashpoint a bit. So that was that was good. And then it, it did give more stakes to the scenes where um, where they bring Superman back or when they're having that final fight. That there actually is some cool 
like some because in the Whedon cut I did feel a little bit um, underwhelmed. Yeah, it was a bit of an anticlimactic. We've got to put the boxes in the thing and touch it with lightning. Oh, look, we have. Cool. Yeah, the the action scenes here are definitely much better because there's a lot more time dedicated to them. Uh, it's it's definitely better. Honestly, the action scenes you can actually see what's happening. Uh, things that yeah, and Flash doesn't land on Wonder Woman's body. Yeah, that was that's been referenced a lot because you know that wasn't Gal Gadot. She she refused to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's poor. That's really poor. That wasn't that wasn't great. No. Uh, um, I'm, sorry, I'm looking at my list. Amber Heard is English in this. <laughs> she plays Mira with an English accent, uh, which she then didn't in the final cut, I don't think, and um, or in the Whedon cut, and certainly didn't in Aquaman. That was strange. <laughs> um, Wonder Woman kills people. She loves killing people now. Well, she's still better in this than in Wonder Woman eighty four. It's very true, very true. But I mean, I, it's obviously one of the main criticisms of people who didn't like um, Man of Steel or, or, or Batman vs Superman is that Superman just kills people really nearly, like he's crashing through buildings and yep. stuff. And Batman kills people really nearly, really nearly. I don't think uh, Wonder Woman had the, has the same kind of criticism though compared to theirs because she, she's never been. Yeah, right. Uh, so I'm not a big uh, follower of Wonder Woman comics, but I don't think she has that kind of same. She has the same kind of criticism level to her compared to okay. Superman or Batman. She never so has she, been. Yeah. Okay, because that in in the opening scene where she there's this guy who wants to blow up a building and then she goes <laughs> and stops all the bullets, and then she's like, "Well, I could just like I don't know, time it with my lasso or hand it over to the police." No, I think I'll I'll explode him and half the wall out of this building. I know using uh, the same kind of power that I will use against Superman later on. Yeah, <laughs> and I think. How did you know that wasn't going to bring the entire thing down? Because like, I've just saved all these kids and now I've blown it up himself. That, that that wall is barely staying up. That's got some very fortunate um, pillars. And, and she's thrown, like, throwing, throwing people with super strength headfirst into walls. She's killed a lot of people in that scene. <laughs> that, was, that was odd. <laughs> uh, yeah, she definitely has. But I think I've already dampened my expectations for a Snyder film, so I kind of expected this kind of thing. So not not too surprising there. But as I said, um, she's an Amazonian after all, and uh, yeah, yeah, like these kind of things. I'm not too fast compared to Superman. Maybe it's just double okay. standards, but yeah, there you go. Uh, one bit that surprised me. We're going way over time, but hey, um, was how little uh, J.K. Simmons had to do as Detective Gordon I, I assumed that he was cut to the bone in the Joss Whedon cut but it turns out he only had two scenes and we got one of them in the Joss Whedon cut um, Aquaman also had little to do um, probably because um, in the original Joss Whedon cut um, the other two characters Flash and Cyborg got way sidelined so yeah, Aquaman yeah. turned out to be the funnier one um, he was making wisecracks and everything had Whereas that whole bit where he was um sitting on the lasso of truth and saying how beautiful Wonder Woman was. Yep, whereas this time around, because you prop up the backstories of Cyborg and Flash so much, uh, Aquaman really had much less to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, you still got that kind of weird let's set up Aquaman by me talking to Mira scene, uh, which was in both versions, and then weirdly in Aquaman they'd never met before at the start of that film, which is so strange. <laughs> so strange. Um, Superman's got a black suit. People got very excited by that. Yep, Superman got a black suit. Um, like, is... I, I do like the softer points of Superman here. Uh, I do miss 
the Joss Whedon, one thing which I do miss about is the Joss Whedon where at the beginning where the kids were videoing Superman. Oh yeah, uh, that's the Superman that I know and love. The, uh, the, the I thought that video was great. Um, but I I did appreciate the softer moments here. Um, the thing I did not like was the entire scene where they were resurrecting Superman, and because they keep cutting that scene and interspersing that scene with Lois Lane trying to move on. Mm. And mm. that was the weirdest editing bit, which I just did not like at all. Cause like the whole point of that scene was to get Louis Lane to move on and she can finally get over, over Superman's death. And then at the end of that whole thing, he came back alive again. So, She's you know, like, yeah. what, why? I, 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 I must say, the whole, I mean, Amy Adams obviously is a fantastic actor, but I, I did feel both in, in both cuts, her response to him coming back to life was really <laughs> understated. He's like, oh yeah, cool. Good, good to see you. <laughs> and in both cases, Martha Kent is is much happier to see Superman than um, than, than she is. And I thought that was that was very strange. Well, she probably thought she wasted all those cups of coffee. Yes, I did, yeah, the nice little subplot where she buys coffee for the police or something. So in Batman v Superman, we had the Flash uh, tear through time to tell Bruce Wayne it's all about Lois. Lois, Lois is the key. Uh, and then, kind of in in the previous version, we're like, well, is that so when Superman comes back, he wants to kill the Justice League, and then he sees Lois, and he's like, ah, oh, maybe I don't, because I remember Lois. And we're like, is that what he was talking about? Maybe? No. Um, and in this version, they do that again, and then Bruce Wayne says, I think it might be something darker, which is such poor writing. But anyway. uh, um, um, don't, don't get me started about the writing, though. I think it's not the best in this film. It really isn't. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I know what that's referring to as well, because um, this is referring to the nightmare scene mm-hmm. um, when Superman turns evil, right? And this is based off. It's quite. There's a comic book series right now called Injustice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and in Injustice, uh, Lois Lane pretty much died uh, yeah. by Superman's hands, no less. Oh, by Superman's hands. Oh. Yeah. Um, he got uh, affected by fear gas by the Scarecrow. So kryptonite fear gas okay. by the scarecrow, and he saw Lois Lane as someone else, an enemy. Right. Uh, Doomsday, I think. So he, instead of killing Doomsday, he killed Lois. So obviously that broke him uh, quite horribly. So uh, this brings me, to, I think, to, to the my main criticism, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, is that the, by far the most interesting parts of this film are the nightmare flash forwards. They were also the most interesting parts of Batman v Superman. They're flash forwards to a film we're never going to get. Yep. Um, and I say interesting, not necessarily in a good way. I think I think they're visually very interesting, and I, I very th- that was the one bit of Batman vs Man I really liked. This one, that scene at the end, where it, I guess it would be post credits if they did that, and there's a lot of reshoots in that bit because I mean, well, so we got the Joker, mm-hmm. um, we got Joe Manganiello reprising his role as Deathstroke, Deathstroke rather. Uh, the only time we're going to see him again, I think. We see Mira for some reason. Yeah, because Aquaman dies. Because Aquaman dies, apparently. Mm. Well, Cyborg is still there. Cyborg is still there. Oh, and Flash, of course, mm. who now looks like he does in the Batman vs Superman mm. um, time travel bit. I I watch a nightmare movie. I think that's an interesting story. Them up against Superman. How do they cope? He, as you say, he goes crazy because Lois Lane dies. Whether um, they, they say Batman, I think Joker tells Batman that he let her die. Whatever that means. What, what did you think of that bit? Well, uh, I did enjoy it. Um, I mean, this is uh, it, it's more setup, isn't it? Though, yeah, it's a lot of it's yeah. a lot of setup. I mean, this feels like a, the largest, longest 
you know storyline that Zack Snyder is planning out and all that. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, that we can't get to see. Uh, I would like to watch it. Um, but the thing is, it's been told in video games now and okay. comic books as well. So yeah. I mean, if you want to watch, uh, because Injustice is a com- is a video game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So if you want to watch a storyline that's similar to that, you know, and because we probably have to, given that this film will come up, you may want to just. Yeah. watch the video game cutscenes but um <laughs> I'm not going to do that um, <laughs> um, but I, originally it was going to be Justice League 1 and Justice League 2 wasn't it so my, my guess is that was what Justice League 2 was going to be hmm. um, but you say we're never going to get it uh, well. in fact you see I, I could be wrong but so Batman has like that nightmare where he sees it at the end uh, but when they bring back Superman we see this whole cut from it of like seeing the Justice League building collapse and it seems to be Cyborg who sees that Am I wrong? I can't remember that. I thought it was him. He was. They kind of basically just have this this vision of the Justice League building collapse. It's all the stuff they put in the trailers to make you think there's going to be some interesting stuff in there. Um, yeah. So, so um, the joke there, Jared Leto is back. Uh, people hate him again. <laughs> it was weird. Just it was okay. He's better in that than he was in Suicide Squad. I, I, even with from what we saw of him in the limited edition, the limited amount we've seen. I struggle to believe that Batman's like, tell you what, I'm going to pair up with this madman who just sits around spouting a load of nonsense. <laughs> and he, I had to go back and watch this in subtitles because he talks about how he, Harley Quinn is dead. Uh, um, that's kind of what happens in Injustice as well. To be right. Fair. Yeah, we, Batman has to find allies, right? And that's the thing because Superman is very strong, impossible to defeat. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's what makes it interesting, I think, to how would they all team up against Superman? I think that's a fun film. Or I mean, Batman has done it himself by himself before, remember? In Batman vs. Superman. Okay, but if he did it, it wasn't just blasting kryptonite at him several times. That <laughs> might be more interesting. Uh, just shout out Martha. That works. Just shout out a few times. Yeah, yeah. What's the name? What's the, what's the dad's name? Jonathan? Jonathan. Just keep shouting Jonathan. Um, I'll just look at my list to see if I've got missed anything. Like, there are some scenes that just that Whedon obviously reshot for no reason I can think of. Because, yeah. I mean, some people, you, just, you can argue that his scenes are worse in some cases, but at least they were different. Whereas some of them watching this thinking, this is just a, like when, I don't know, when, when Bruce Wayne and Barry Allen first meet. This has been completely reshot by Whedon, but I don't know why. It's the, it's the same scene. <laughs> just with one line about brunch. Uh. Well, yeah, it's a Whedon thing, isn't it? Um, like, on YouTube right now, uh, I've been watching a lot of side by sides. Josh Whedon and Zack Snyder side by sides, and it's yeah. very interesting. It's very very interesting to see what's been cut and what's not, and why. And you can kind of see what what both directors were thinking um, when they put those scenes in or not. Um, yeah. And it's very very cool. I would recommend like after watching this to just watch the side by sides because uh, it's very you can go have a good idea in a director's mind of what what you think is necessary for storytelling. What's okay. not? Yeah. Yeah. I've watched I've watched a few myself. And, yeah. It's, it is fascinating. We haven't talked about the um, the weird aspect ratio. <laughs> the four to three uh, ratio. Yeah. Or the fact that it was in seven chapters for no reason. Well, it helped me because I broke it down watching okay. it to. By seven chapters. That's probably why I like this film because it didn't feel that bad. It spread it over a week. Yeah, spread it uh, over a week. That's good. What I found odd about that because I think at one point there was we, it was going to be a TV show. I think that's where the sort of seven chapters idea came from. Well, maybe that was not true, but that's what we thought. Um, they did mean that characters kind of got reintroduced. So like you see Cyborg in the first chapter, and then the second chapter they'd have this kind of 
almost filmed in the way the kind of way that you would if it was the first appearance so like you pan in on its back and then you kind of slowly go around and you see the red eye and stuff well, like i always that. thought that was how zack snyder liked to film his shots yeah maybe that's what i gotta say for <laughs> so cyborg's dad has kind of brought him back and he, he want and cyborg's really upset because he looks weird like, did his dad really need to put big red lights in him? That feels like something he didn't need to do. Well, it's the mother box that did most of the work, right? You think? Uh, I hope so. It's, it's the the whole dad giving him all the excess of everything and then saying it's such like such, like it's such a good thing. Even the speech on the tape was a little bit off. I mean, it feels like they just made it so that it suits the ending of the film rather than an actual speech that dad would give his son. Um, Although, do you remember the um, Amy Adams Lois Lane? Um, article that she wrote that was she she voiced over at the end of Joss Whedon's version <laughs> I, I completely forgot until I was listening to something the other day but that was utterly terrible so this, this was better than that this was better than that but it, w- it wouldn't be something that a father would tell your son that's that's that, that's that's it you know so it was, it was a little bit off, yeah, off yeah. Um, and they introduced Ryan Choi as well uh, yes the Atom right? the Atom yeah in, the, in that um, I can see why Joss Whedon came out as well definitely not necessary in this yeah, in this yeah. film whatsoever does it add anything it's just by a nice a nice fan service more fan service uh, right I think that's everything I've got anything else no no I, I, I just said that Zack Snyder's Justice League is a true testament that you can make a good coherent film with character development where you have four hours to do it yeah um, I mean, I, I still think for four hours they would develop surprisingly little apart from apart from Cyborg and Flash, I guess. Uh, fine. So the big question is, and people have asked me this, um, I don't know about you, should people watch this? I've been recommending people to watch this. Okay. I have been recommending they don't. So there you go. Ah, so we're, you we're can split. choose. We're split here on the C to Z of movies. It's um, quite I, rare though. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, it'll help if your expectations are, were like mine when I came, I came into watching it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I think I'm just so angry about Zack Snyder. <laughs> um, I think Joss Whedon got Superman and Zack Snyder didn't. Mm. There you go. It'll be interesting to see what they do in Flashpoint where they just, they keep whatever they want and get rid of whatever they don't. Um so we, we shall see. Uh, I thought this was going to take us ages, and it has done. Goodness me. How would you like to edit a four-hour podcast, Colin? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a burden that Joss Whedon once had of trying to get this down to a manageable time. <laughs> so we're not doing Kevin Costner next time. Do you, do you want to do a look back at Oscar next time as well? Do you want to do a double? Do yeah, want... may as well. May as well. Uh, so after watching two uh, four-hour films, Ejan, <laughs> what are we doing for a look back at Oscar next time? I, I asked Colin to pick the shortest Oscar-winning film there ever was. And I I did that, so um, 88 minutes, I think, <sighs> Best Picture winner in 1955, I think? Yes. Marty. Uh, Marty, which I've seen before and uh, I enjoyed, but I uh, will watch again, uh, hopefully. Uh, we move on then to our final segment, the quiz, uh, quizzing about the films of Ben Wheatley. Now, I did, this is quite rare for me, Zizi, and I wrote these questions maybe a week ago. <laughs> uh, usually I do it in like in the hour before the podcast, which means I have not read anything about Ben Wheatley's films for a week. Good. Uh, so I might struggle here. I think we're level for the year. Um, and here's question one. For which film did Wheatley win Most Promising Newcomer at the Evening Standard British Film Awards in 2011? Ooh. In 2011. 2011 is when he won it. I'm going to guess... Oh, no. I don't even remember all the films that came out, especially his early ones. Yeah. No, I'm going to guess The Hitman. 
Uh, no, it's uh, Down Terrace, which I'll be honest, now I see it, I don't remember ever having seen in my life before. But there go. <laughs> um, the film Happy New Year, Colin Burstead, is loosely based off which Shakespearean tragedy? Ooh. I've no, I, again, I almost certainly read this. Um, <laughs> King Lear? No, it's Coriolanus. Coriolanus, that makes more sense. Uh, a field in England is set during which war? Uh, the English Civil War. It is the English Civil War. Very good. Yep, you'll love my question five. Okay. <laughs> uh, question two. Which letter of the alphabet did Ben Whitley direct in the ABCs of death? An anthology horror film where all the directors direct a letter based on a different alphabet. <laughs> a different letter in alphabet. Like a one in 26 chance, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Uh, P. No, you. Oh. <laughs> Uh, wasn't this is an easy one? What is the name of Ben Wheatley's wife who has a writing credit on most of his films? Ah, this is an easy one. How is it easy? Why have you done any research? I clearly didn't. Okay, I don't know much about Ben Wheatley until I did this quiz. I'm going to go with Jane. Jane, <laughs> uh, it's Amy Jump. Oh, yes, I've seen that name so many times. I didn't know it's his wife. There you go. Ah, uh, question three. Although the film does not explicitly state which time period it's set in. A radio broadcast of which Prime Minister at the end of High Rise suggests it? Now, I've seen High Rise, and it felt quite 70s to me. Um, who was a Prime Minister in the 70s? Well, Margaret Thatcher came in in 79. Before her was Jim Callaghan. There's Ted Heath, I think, before him. Um, this feels more like a Ted Heath. I'm going to say Ted Heath. Thatcher. As soon as I said it, I thought, it's definitely Thatcher. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Because no one would recognise Ted Heath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know, what, why didn't I say Thatcher? It was so obviously Thatcher. Anyway, question four. Who played Vernon in Free Fire? Uh, also, High Rise is such an 80s film. What am I talking about? Anyway. Is that Killian Murphy? Uh, no, it was Shalto Copley. Uh, oh, yes. Um, question four. We're doing very badly in doing this. really well here. <laughs> yeah. Name both actors that starred in both Free Fire and Rebecca. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, Army Hammer is one of them. Yep. Uh, I have seen both these films, unusually, for this list. Um, so Brie Larson isn't. Shalter Copley isn't, I don't think. Unless he played the brother. I don't think he did. Uh, maybe it's Killian Murphy. I'll go Killian Murphy. Nope, it's Sam Riley. Uh, and All right. Yeah. I think, he, yeah, he played the brother. Okay. Yeah, we're back um, yeah, I thought it was probably the brother, but I can't remember uh, who played him. Uh, question five for you. Let's see how this goes. Uh, in Sightseers, why does Chris kill his first victim? Ah, which one in Sightseers? Oh, no. Yeah, I definitely didn't do any research. Even though I read all of this this morning, Colin, I forgot all of I didn't say Thatcher. I'm so annoyed by that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You should be. <laughs> Uh, because he s- stole candy off a baby. Because <laughs> he dropped some litter. That's close enough. It's not close enough. It's a different thing altogether. <laughs> uh, you got question five anyway. I, I, I suppose he might have stolen the candy and then dropped the sweet wrapper, but, uh, <laughs> but no. Uh, is the answer English Civil War? Yep, that's correct. Sweet. One all. We nailed it. And we, got, we got one question right, but fortunately yeah. we both got it. So That's not our best effort, is it? Um, no, we got five all before. We've got five. We got five all on um, 
on Christmas rom-com or Netflix Christmas films. I think we got five all on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we got one all on Ben Wheatley. Oh, that is embarrassing. I can't believe it. I'm even crosser now that I didn't get Thatcher because yeah, that got me the victory. Of every, yeah, of all prime ministers. Which, prime, which is the most famous prime minister that yeah. appeared in a film, Colin? Ted Heath. Ted Heath. <laughs> he must be so proud of you. <laughs> anyway, um, what are we quizzing on next time, Julian? Films based on Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, why not, eh? Is oh. this because The Irregulars has come to Netflix? Is it? I have no idea. Cool. Um, and what is our main topic for next time, Julian? Ah. Uh, Right. You know, this ties back to when we first thing about, you know, <laughs> scraping the barrel. Nine- people like these. People people, people get in touch with me, by people I mean Simon, to say they like these. So let's give the people what they want. 1991 in the film. Okay, can, can, can we do a take where you say it without laughing halfway through? <laughs> <laughs> 1991 in film. Lovely. We'll see you then. Bye.